1: Now on to the interview with Hugh Hewitt. Morning, glory, America. Bonjour. Hi, Canada. I'm Hugh Hewitt. On this 5th of July, we are celebrating the 4th of July in our traditional fashion here on The Hugh Hewitt Show with an interview with novelist Daniel Silva about his brand new book, The Cellist. It is something many million of you look forward to every summer. I have been talking to Daniel Silva, I think, since 2008, every summer, maybe since 2007, Daniel, welcome back. Congratulations on the cellist. It's wonderful.
0: Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. It's so good to be back. Um it, And it, um, I it was uh if you if you read all the way through to the uh to the um, acknowledgments and author's note, you saw that I had to I uh to do a quick change on the book and and it was a it was a interesting uh, stretch run to say the least, trying to get it ready for publication
1: in six weeks unlike my other tradition, I normally do not finish daniel's books because I don't want to do any spoilers, but I couldn't put it down, and so I finished it, and so we're in dangerous territory here, Daniel. I have to be careful for no spoilers uh, so but I read it all the way It gives us some
0: things to talk about
1: though oh absolutely, and I want to start. Nothing will be left to chance in our interview, Daniel, using one of the lines from the book. I I asked Admiral Stavridis last Monday if he had gotten the book, and he's got it, he's reviewing it. And so we talked about Putin. So I want to begin by the czar in the book. Intentionally rude and vulgar, he took pleasure in the discomfort of others. He used to people being nervous, and he's back. I mean, you're back with Gabriel Alon and his nemesis, the unnamed czar in Moscow, and if anything, we've gone through 12 years of naivete about Putin. Is anyone ever going to wake up to what you say, a nuclear-armed gangster?
0: Well, I think um, what, is, what I find interesting about um, the Biden approach, um, and it, it, what, what this book really focuses on, is how Putin and the new Russia, um, from the very outset, Um, seize control of Russian cash flows and Russian state assets, um, one, to make themselves um, rich beyond belief, but also to use that money as a weapon against us um, um, and to deliberately um, corrupt the West with their money. Um, uh, Last year, uh, the British government released the Russia report uh, which spelled out in painstaking detail the damage that Russian money had done to British democracy over the years. This was—they didn't release this report in 2020. I published a book in 2013 about Russia Russian money in in in, uh, in Britain and the damage it was doing. Uh, but this focus, this book focuses explicitly on that. And if you look at what I wrote in the book. Um, about the damage that the, the Russian money is doing and what the Biden administration said uh, a couple of weeks ago when they announced their new, their new measures. I mean, there is there's no daylight between um, Gabriel Lon and, and what he says about Russian money and what our new approach is. And that new approach is, is, is as my friend David Ignatius wrote in his column uh, when he wrote about it, is that, is that American intelligence agencies now have basically free reign. To find and freeze and go after this money, um, uh, not because it simply because it was earned um, through through corruption um, and theft of state assets, but it because it is a threat to our national security.
1: I agree with that. I hope you are right. I am only afraid that the rescission of some sanctions on Nord Stream two and the apparent yep. ascent to the construction of Nord Stream 2 will put even more money and even more control into the Kremlin's hands. Uh,
0: so i got to so tell what, you... What, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. But Nord Stream gets tangled up in European politics and relationships with allies, and it always has. Um, and and this is something that, that we can do um, on our own. And without giving too much of the book away, this is exactly what Gabriel does in this, is to identify someone from Putin's inner circle, put a target on his back, get inside his financial operation, find his assets. Don't give away too much. Don't give away too much. (laughs) Show what he's doing, and then target him and use dollar supremacy, this enormous clout that we have because the dollar is the world reserve currency, to blow him to smithereens, and we can do it. Disintermediation.
1: Yeah, disintermediation of money is a very important thing. George W. Bush in the Oval Office told me that was an important arsenal in our tool. Disintermediation of ill-gotten gains from tyrants is a great idea. We didn't do enough of it. I hope Team Biden does it. But I can't separate Nord Stream as easily as you do. Let me go back. In 2009, I went back and reread our interview. You said uh, that... And he made one mistake, alone. did. In 2009, your book, The Defector, talking about Moscow rules, that was leaving Ivan alive. And you know what happens when you harm a bad Russian? They come looking for vengeance. That's certainly (laughs) the case with Kharkov. You also wrote that you referred to London. There are 200,000 as, you know, a a Russian city sometimes known as London. Those books were about Russia. They were years ago. You're back. And it's remarkable how much worse it's gotten in 10 years. Have you reflected on that? How much worse well, the problem has gotten? Well, I think if you look at my
0: body of work, uh, as Moscow rules the defector. Um, you have to remember that Moscow rules, which in effect declared that, that um, Vladimir Putin is a bad actor, that Vladimir Putin is going to launch a new Cold War against us. This is where we're still trying to get him inside the tent. We're still hopeful. Um, that book was very, very prescient. Um, no one had yet... Um, um, sort of made that ironclad declaration about, about Putin and his intentions. That was ahead of its time a little bit. But if you look at the body of work overall, um, I think it stands the test of time. I think I was, a, I think I was ahead of the curve in understanding um, that, that um, having these Kremlin-connected billionaires living amongst us, enriching people, Shoveling money at lawyers and accountants and bankers and politicians um, was going to have a corrosive effect on uh, on um, our societies and our financial institutions and the British will admit that they were very in, in very the report they said that 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 russia that London had turned into
1: the Russia laundromat yeah. uh, very ahead of your time in fact when yeah. I reread those interviews uh, not yeah. only about Russian money, and not only about yep. Putin, but about the willingness of Russia to play by Moscow rules in the West. And we've had a series of assassinations, which are early in the book, reviewed in The Cellist. And people need to get The Cellist early, by the way. It's going to sell out right away for a lot of reasons. going to be very controversial and very good and very well-known for a lot of reasons. But it was very prescient. That's why we read the 2008-2009 interviews is because it's all connected. Let me let me go back to that in terms of Putin. The only other guy who had his number was Cheney. You know, the vice president told me the first time I interviewed him, I looked in his eyes and I saw a KGB agent. You have never had any other doubt. You've never had any, a KGB (laughs) colonel. You've never had any doubt at all, Daniel Silva. No. Do they read this book in Russia? Do they get it? Do they get Silva novels in Russia? uh, They did for
0: a while uh, in Russian. um, And, um, you know, I, I... I guess that there's there's no doubt. It, there should be no doubt in anyone's mind that I I am in a, in effect a Russian dissident and a and a Russian pro democracy uh, activist in my own way. Um, and I I have not been back to Russia and I wouldn't not go back to to Russia.
1: Oh, I, I no book signings in Leningrad for St. Petersburg. No, for you. too bad because because <laughs> as someone who.
0: Um, studied uh, Russian history um, and the history of the Soviet Union, um, I, I loved the time that I spent in, in, in Moscow and Leningrad. So, that for me, there are these cities that you just sort of trip over history at every corner, you know, something, this happened in, in this spot in, in the revolution, and this happened here. And um, I actually um, loved the time I, 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 I spent in, in, in Russia Um and I want what is what is best and what the the, the poor Russian people deserve. And they are getting uh, the bad end of the stick, as we say. I mean, they they the, the wealth of the country is being siphoned and drained away from them by a handful of people connected to Vladimir Putin.
1: And when we come back, we're going to talk about how Gabriel Lon, the head of Mossad in this book, and it is the 21st Gabriel Lon novel what he is doing, and, and a little bit of the outline. No spoilers here. I will say, however, that every time I go, I was just in, in Maine with my sister-in-law, I find another Silva addict, and we're going to talk about how more of them are coming. But in the meantime, go to Amazon.com on this July 5. Order The Cellist, because if you don't, you're going to find... Uh, temporarily out of stock on your bookstore when you go to get it in uh, person. Go just order at Amazon, get it on the first day available. Come right back for more of Daniel Silva on this July 5, 2021. Welcome back, America. I'm Hugh Hewitt. That is a beautiful, I think it is, uh, Brahms cellist piece. I am joined by Daniel Silva. The reason I'm playing cello music and music from the cellist is because Daniel Silva apparently is a master of classical music, not content with cornering every art history major ever in the United States and every museum patron ever in the United States for his books. He now wants every musician, classical music enthusiast and FM radio station to fall into line and get the Gabriel on novel. My question, Daniel Silva: There is a lot. I mean, a lot. In the is this learned or is it earned? And by that I mean, did you study up to write this book, or are you a classical music junkie?
0: <laughs> you know, um, my day literally starts with um, I wake up. Um, I have I've got a nice little. Stereo uh, with a CD player and and headphones right there by the bedside. So I'll, I'll pop some light um, string quartets or or um, you know something morning like um, Baroque music, early classical music, um, and find out what's going on in the classical world, music world that day um, and what new albums are coming out this week. Um, I listen to classical music um a lot while I'm writing <clears throat> um I listen to classical music while I'm reading and because I don't really sleep very much I listen to classical music all night so I'm I'm a total classical music junkie um, Well, that was that was Rachmaninoff
1: yeah you are I'm not <laughs> I'm not so I had to be careful spelling I everything. Mean, that was Rachmaninoff's vocalise played yeah, by Rostropovich
0: that was Rostropovich's version um and it's it's actually a really a beautiful version. Uh, it's
1: central to the book. That's why I picked it. We'll yeah. play a couple more. However, let me ask you about where you get the ear for that. That does not start unless you start early. Where did you pick up the ear for this, and where did you pick up the knowledge, for example, of you name all these artists who Anna might play with, including uh, these legends are all over the book. I want to, you know, Claudia Bato, Daniel Borenbaum, Her- Herbert Von okay. Karajan. Where, where did you get all this? <laughs>
0: If you're a classical music person, these names are like second nature to you. Um, they're all over your CD collection. Um, you hear their names when you're listening to classical music. These are the these are um, the people of our world. Um, they're they're like you know Tom Cotton and Mike Pompeo. I mean that, they're they're that common.
1: Um, oh my goodness.
0: And, and so it's fun to, to 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 drop names of of conductors and musicians who I spend my day with. Um, and I had to apologize to one.
1: <laughs> I saw that in the end note. Yeah, I thought that was funny. <laughs> that was a very nice aside. Uh, I, I also love the fact that you've got not only the the names of the... You have a very believable character from way back. I told my brother, who has not read, he has to begin with The Kill Artist and read him in order. because he if he want, And I'm right, because you go way back for a character in I The I went
0: way back on this one, because there was a character from the second Gabriel Long uh novel who was a violinist uh named Anna Rolfe and she's one of my favorite favorite characters. Um and I've always wanted some vehicle to bring her back in some small way. Um and this this is the book that, that uh um it turned out to be the, the vehicle and oh it's beautiful to have her back on the page and the and the chapter where she appears in chapter thirty one um, the scene between them, I'm I'm just very very proud of that scene. You should be. It's uh, tender and funny, and um, it's it's written at about three different levels. So people who are familiar with the book will know the meaning of when she when she looks out the window to, into the garden because they will have read. They know what happened in that garden a long time ago, and they um, will also it,
1: smile, Danny, as I did when. A household staff. greets Gabriel. This is the way, (laughs) I mean, it's just very funny if you're an Alon reader and a Silva addict. When we come back, we're going to talk about the over. If this is confusing you, I didn't do the setup right. We got to tell you who Gabriel Alon is. I've got uh, two score new uh, stations, Danny, since last summer. So we got to set the stage when we come back for the long segment. But in the meantime, if you're intrigued, go order the cellist right now. And if you're an addict, you already have. But if you haven't, because you didn't know it was coming, it's coming, and it's going to be sold out for a lot of reasons. The Cellist by Daniel Silver. Or go to DanielSilvaBooks.com on Twitter, Daniel Silva Book. I'll be right back on The Hugh Hewitt Show. Mm-hmm. Brahms Cello Sonata in E minor, my friends. This is Hugh Hewitt talking to Daniel Silva about his brand-new book, The Cellist. I'm using only music from the cellist. I had... I, I, Silva is the only author for whom I have to do homework. Honest to goodness, I have to do homework with Google as I read his books, because I want to know about this. I don't know if you've ever seen The Final Quartet with Christopher Walken and Philip Seymour Hoffman, Daniel. But it's a uh not. Oh, it's a, it's a wonderful movie about a, a string quartet with a great cellist uh, with two great actors, one of whom is unfortunately gone. But let's go back and do what I should have done in the first segment. Would you give our... I got, Two score new stations. Since you were here last July, a little bit about Gabriel Law and the arc of these twenty-one books, which together make up a masterwork and individually stand alone. And this one among the very best. It's never going to make the Moscow Rules for me, but this is really—you know—the silver goes to this book.
0: Okay, um, okay. You want me to try to give the the fifteen-second Gabriel Law biography? I'll give it. Yeah, the, the Wikipedia
1: uh, on Gabriel Law.
0: He is um, the child of Holocaust survivors um, born in the state of Israel. Uh, His mother was a a very talented painter. His grandfather was a very, very talented German expressionist painter who died in the Holocaust. Um, He was supposed to be a painter. He started um, studying art um, after he got out of the military. Uh, And in 1972, uh, because he was a fluent, fluent German speaker, grew up in a German-speaking household... Uh, was recruited to uh, take part in the Operation Wrath of God, which was to uh, target and eliminate the perpetrators of the Munich Olympics massacre. Um, His work in that uh, endeavor uh, really sort of stripped him of the ability to produce new original work. He personally killed six people um, at close range with a handgun. Um, and so after that operation, he became an art restorer. Uh, and for a number of years, he, he used that as his cover while he was working for Israeli intelligence. Um, and we, this book finds him at the in the twilight of his career um, as, as chief of the Israeli intelligence service. Um, and it is, in all likelihood, um, the, the last book where Gabriel will actually be an actual um, uh, Israeli intelligence officer. He's going to enter a new phase of his career.
1: Uh, and Ramona, others are in the offing. I want to tell the audience, if you have not yet read a Silva book, my personal preference is to begin with The Kill Artist and then move through the 21. Many people don't do that, but I know a number yeah. a number of people who through COVID, and COVID, by the way, is very ever-present in this book. We're going to talk about that in a second, who became Silva addicts to get them through the pandemic. And if you're still... Hesitant to go out if you're still worried about the virus in the United States or anywhere in, around the world. Just get you e to Silva's book list and start reading. You'll have fun and you'll learn a lot. Uh, Danny, there are only two characters missing uh, that I, I wished you'd put back in. One gets a mention, the dawn, but I most missed one character. You have any idea who I missed the most? Uh, it is the goat. The goat. It's not. A, you know. I just I missed the goat, and uh, you know. Otherwise, it would.
0: The 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 the, um, the Corsica angle comes from um, a, a character named Christopher Keller, who's, who does appear in the book. Um, yes, it's just one of the most intriguing um, aspects of, of, of the of the book. Gabriel's relationship between the two of them. Uh, Christopher was uh, contracted once to kill him. Uh, Gabriel. I mean, he, Christopher is very much a Gabriel lawn restoration project. Um, And, you know, those scenes that I said, I I have become aware of the fact that they
1: really, really resonate. They sure do. Uh, They sure do. Especially the old lady who looks into the runes, whatever. But I'll tell people, I don't want to give any spoilers away. Go and read it. The Don has mentioned the goat is not. I hope the goat is fine. So, Daniel, I'm not sure about the goat. It could be a long time when recovered masterpieces or stolen masterpieces show up in the past. It's always very believable, because we read stories about that, but I've never read about an adult prodigy discovered in music. Now, Isabel Brunner is that. Does it happen?
0: Um, look, what, what, one of the things that um, is true is that you know there's a there's a thin line between um, you know people who have that that gift. Um, to go to become professionals and people who choose not to do it. Um, and um, I happen to actually know someone who was a child prodigy and studied very seriously and, and didn't think he was quite good enough to uh-huh. be a professional concert pianist and, and chose a different path in life. And I, I, don't, I don't think it's that uncommon at all. And and the other thing is that these people um, like her who are, you know, very classically trained and educated, um, there are are many, 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 many very good musicians out there. Um, And um, she never stopped playing. She never stopped working at her craft. Um, She also just happened to be a, a math genius, as many musicians are. And she ended up taking a different path in life. That path led her. Uh, to a bank that I call Rhine Bank, uh, and it is, you know, quite literally a rogue bank. It is the dirtiest bank in the world. And when she uh, discovers that that bank is laundering money for Russians, uh, she blows the whistle. And one thing leads to another, and she ends up working for Gabriel Lan in an operation against uh, a, a, a man at the center of, of Vladimir Putin's inner circle.
1: One of the defining marks of uh- Daniel Silva's work is a lattice work of plot overlaid by a beautiful plant growth of art and history. And in this book, more than any other previous, I've read all 21, there is a echo of past books. Now, there have been echoes before because characters recur, but this one actually tantalizes people with references back to plots. And I think maybe more yeah. than you have done so before. Am I right about that? Yeah, because, you know,
0: it's a, as I... um I don't know how, how long the Elan series will continue, um, but as, I, as he nears the end, um, I have this um, – um, I just love revisiting old characters. And one of the things about the Elan series is that old enemies um, and adversaries get turned into allies. Um, Some. I've done that on, a, on numerous occasions. <laughs> Uh, some, some depends on how bad they were. But the um, utter of Zizi Albuquerque, without giving too much away, becomes a, a beautiful redemptive character in Portrait of a Spy. Uh, Martin Landisman, you know, tried to have Gabriel killed in a novel, and now he works with Gabriel in this book. Um, that that is sort of a theme of of the book. Um, the the books deal with restoration on many different levels. Um, restoration of paintings, restoration of people, restoration of of historical wrongs, and I hope um, restoration of our democracy, which is in need of some retouching right
1: now. You will get people mad at you from left and right on this book. The left will be upset with your gentle caricature of the do-gooders with billions Who hold museum openings and benefits that they drive their luxury limos to instead of taking mass transportation. Elegant, elegantly done. They will, the right, not the right. Actually, I have no criticism at all. I think some nutters, I don't know if any nutters read you to begin with, will think you've been unfair to Cuba. You can't be by definition. They are crazy people. And so good for you. Uh, genuinely crazy people, but. I, I wanted to ask you about how you mastered. it. Now, I've read Stephen Schwartzman. I try to get into public, fi- into finance. I try and mm-hmm. follow financial crime. You explain mirror yeah. transactions in two pages. I never understood them before. I never understood mirror money laundering until the cellist. How did you learn this stuff?
0: So so you, so, you had heard about the about the mirror trades and that technique. You were aware of those.
1: I was, but I didn't know how it worked.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, I guess my technique is to make it as human as possible and to turn the trade into something that's um, um, easily understandable, to show it on the page, um, and to write about it with some flair and I hope some humor. Yes. Um, and, and and it is a technique that a certain bank developed um, for um, – at the time, I mean, the New Yorker wrote a, call, a very detailed piece about it. It's totally legal, unethical, but, but a legal way to turn um, uh, rubles, dirty rubles into clean dollars and have them in the West. Um, and uh, my, my, I explained it in a way, I hope, um, that was both, um, easy to understand and at the same time entertaining.
1: Oh yeah! It, um, by the way, I if it. I got it, everyone's going to get it because I really am um, confused on how it worked. Now I understand. It, it actually alarmed me because not just the Russian, but the cartels have to launder lots and lots of money. I mean, billions, tens of hundreds of all, billions of dollars have to be laundered.
0: Billions, and and um um. You, uh, President Biden and Jake Sullivan um, were, were writing about this for a couple of years. Um, when when they announced the Biden administration announced their initiative, um, um, your, your friend and my friend David Ignatius wrote a wonderful piece about it, um, about this this billions and billions and billions of, of dollars that are sloshing through our system, and corrupting our our, our economy and our government, and um, yes, London is a a um, a center for this. Obviously, Switzerland is. Obviously, Geneva is. But out the depth of our economy, the depth of our property market, the fact that we have anonymous purchases. Uh, the fact that we have developers who are allowed to who, who are allowed to and willing to engage in all cash transactions makes the United States a preferred destination for this money and i guarantee you Vladimir Putin
1: owns property in the United States i have just oh, no doubt. of course so do all the billionaire princelings in in beijing when we come back a final segment about putin and china Don't go anywhere. Daniel Silva's new book, The Cellist, is available now at Amazon.com. It will drop in two weeks. You will not get it unless you pre-order because it's going to be one of those signs you hate to see. Temporarily out of stock. Don't be that person. Go get Daniel Silva's new book and come back for the last segment of this July 5 show here on the Hugh Hewitt. There is Beethoven's cello sonata in A major on page 127 of the Cellist America, Daniel Silva's latest book. I've got to ask you, Daniel, I had Admiral Stavridis on last week, and we were talking about your books. He's an avid fan. Of course, you probably know Jim. And he and I were talking about China versus Russia, Putin versus Xi. Uh, His assessment, and I don't quarrel with the former head of NATO, is that Russia is more of a threat on cyber warfare, and China is more of a threat on influence and espionage. And I didn't actually understand that Russia was more muscular on cyber, but he, you know, uh, you believe that, obviously, from the cellist. He believes it. Are you ever going to tackle the princelings of Beijing, or is it just too late in Alon's career, because, or because Israel has a deal with the CCP, which makes me upset?
0: <laughs> you know what? Um, the the uh, Alon series is the real-world one-step removed, one or two steps removed. Um, and um, you know, the the truth is is that um, the Israelis have been preparing for our departure from the Middle East for many years. Um, they are trying to stay on decent terms uh, with Putin. Um, and they, like uh, the gulf countries and and the rest of the region know that, that china is coming china is already there um and that uh, unless we really regain our footing um china is is uh, you know uh, going to be the, the the largest uh economy in the world very soon and um, and and so that there is that balance um and and they are dealing with with that reality so i i i don't see I don't see a China book in my future. That's a short answer to the question. All right. And and, and while I agree, I I agree. um, 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 I guess I would disagree a little bit that, that, um, I mean, Russia is the king of the information operation. That's cyber. They pioneered it. They pioneered it. They use it against us all the time, 24-7. They are waging war on us 24-7. Hybrid warfare, they call it. Um, and it was the, – um, the motivations for it are, are, are numerous, but part of it, it burns in Vladimir Putin's heart, is pure revenge and vengeance for the fall of the Soviet Union. He hates us. We can, we can try to, to limit the, the conflict uh, to a few spheres – We can try to work with him where possible, but he is never, ever going to be a a reliable ally of the West. Um, He has positioned himself with people as someone who's waging war on the West, and it's just not going to change.
1: 100% agree with it. I just think that, like Sun Tzu said, better that your opponent not know you're at war, and I believe President Xi does, in fact, have the same operation with much less of a profile because he's not the Bulgarian that Putin is. Let me close, though, by asking you about well, you look the
0: virus. At, you, okay, this is the virus, sure.
1: Yeah, the pandemic um, is through the book and elegantly dealt with. In truth, as you note in the afternote, you try to be true, you have to bend history a little bit. How did it affect you, your writing, your family, your book promotion? I mean, what happened to you well, during the pandemic?
0: Well, let me, let me add say one thing about the book. This book was originally set largely post in a post-pandemic world. When I decided after the Capitol siege to include the Capitol siege and the and the inauguration in this book, I um, had to very quickly take what I had written and back it up in time uh, and fit it into into the pandemic world. Um, you know what? I, I um, as a writer, I'm, I'm I'm fairly isolated to begin with, um, And so, you know, I haven't been able to travel anywhere. I love to travel and and write to the places that I write about. Um, That's that's been very difficult. Um, It's, I, honestly, I just, I think about the the, uh, uh, 600,000 Americans that that we've lost and that we're, um, I I worry about the variants. I worry that we're about to have a resurgence. Um, But mainly I'm worried about our country. And and I think that the the virus was an accelerant uh, for some very dangerous trends that we've that we've got going on in this country. Um, and I'm nervous, Hugh. I wish I could say that that I wasn't, but I'm I'm very nervous. And I think that's it's, that's uh, um, reflected in the book.
1: As Gabriel tells Isabella it's okay to be nervous. He likes people. So so I I will, I will close by saying we, it's just a wonderful work. And it's, it's so wonderful for uh, Silva fans on many levels. They won't be able to put it down. I don't think I gave anything away. You gave away a little bit more than I would, Daniel, but my congratulations, it will be a number one New York times bestseller and, and friends, I'm warning you, it will not be there if you wait. So don't wait, get a pre-order and get that book delivered on the first day. Good luck. Dan. Are you going to do any book tour at all? You used to post that at, at Daniel Silva Books, but you didn't go out. I'm going to do um,
0: a, a virtual tour again. Um, I I think I might um, go into a bookstore for a a private uh, stock signing, but no, my, we my company uh, HarperCollins forbids uh, in store events, so it's all virtual once again
1: next summer. And I hope there will be, I've got seven more years on my contract. I need seven more Daniel Silva books. Uh, Daniel Silva, thank you. The book is The Cellist. Have a great July 5th, America. I'll be back live tomorrow on July 6th here on The Hugh Hewitt Show. That concludes today's episode of The Interview with Hugh Hewitt. Thank you for listening. Make sure you come back and check out all the other podcasts on the Salem Podcast Network. And remember, to thank our sponsors, andrewandtodd.com. If you believe in long-form interviews like I do, then do your real estate transactions with Andrew Del Rey and Todd And I've known both men for a long time. andrewandtodd.com. Go there, answer a couple of questions. They'll tell you what's best to do with your house or call them at 888-888-1172. You'll be glad you did and you'll be glad that you listened to the next episode of The Interview.